Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. is that anyone attempting to leave them out should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 232, our season opener for SG-1. And we have our occasional, but frequent, not quite as frequent as Brad, the guest. That is correct, Alan. I think Brad is almost rivaling me in terms of the number of episodes recorded. I don't think he's quite that far up there yet, but he's getting close. Right. I just wondered if Thomas assumed everybody had recognised his voice. Well, true, true. Yes, it is Thomas. Uh, pen, notes, etc. You, notes? No, no, not me. Oh. I just heard a pen being checked that it actually writes. Yeah. I do have a pen to hand, actually, as it happens, and several USB sticks which have suddenly become surplus to recordings. Welcome back to Gatecast. As we said, we've just finished our wrap-up shows. Uh, thank you, everybody, that voted in those. We're kicking off season 10 of SG-1. As Alan says, Thomas is joining us from the States. What time is it there, Thomas? It is just a little bit afternoon, about 12.30. And you got the day off, have you? Yes. Can't be bad. It gets boring after a while. Everybody has to have a free day now and again. Hmm. What, you work over the weekend as well? Yes, I'm off Thursday, Fridays. Ah, right. I shouldn't say how often I'm off at present. No. (laughs) It is the summer, if I do recall. As you will hear... Alan has been busy buying games, installing uh, operating systems on his computer, everything except perhaps watching Stargate. Is that a suggestion? No, that's a criticism. (laughs) I watched the movie. (laughs) Well done. I'd even suggest uh... that we might want to cover the Blu-ray extended edition as a special, since we both have it. Well, everybody should have it. Yeah. I felt really, really bad that I didn't have it, and then you posted that it was for sale for £4. Yeah, it's not going to break the bank, is it? I think in my bank I currently have two euro fifty. <laughs> but I figure if I can pay three fifty for a bag of chips, I can pay three seventy five for Skyrim. Yeah, well, Skyrim. Considering it probably original retail at about what sixty. Uh, sixty on console, yeah. Don't know what it was PC. So I bought it. You can easily sink a couple hundred hours into it. I know I sunk over a hundred hours into it, about one hundred and thirty, and I didn't finish. Maybe half, not more, of the side quests. Yeah, well, considering I sunk 50 hours into Mass Effect 1, got to the very last boss, but because I picked Infiltrator... I'm, I'd say, maybe halfway through New Vegas right now on Xbox. I'm not enjoying it as much as I enjoyed Fallout 3, though. I never finished Fallout 3. I think I barely scratched the surface of it. The game is huge. Yeah, well, pretty much any Bethesda game is huge. I know I'm near the end of Half-Life 2, so I'm actually completing my first Steam game. And bear in mind, I first played Half-Life 2 about two weeks after it came out. So that one's been bubbling along for a while. I never really did get into Half-Life, but Portal was a lot of fun. Well, Portal 2 has Simon Pegg in it. Mm-hmm. At least in the UK version. I don't know if the American one is different. I think so, but I can't remember. It's been a while since I played it. Anyway, this is not a game cast. This is a gate cast. Yes. Pity there isn't more Stargate games. I did buy and attempt to play the uh, 
Stargate Sega Mega Drive game. <laughs> a run and gun thing. <laughs> it were awful. The collision detection alone was terrible. It wasn't quite at the ET level, but it was close. Well, there's plenty of mods out there for Minecraft, if you judge by YouTube. No, 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 no. I am not getting into <laughs> Minecraft. No, I, I know too many things about people who have basically wasted entire weeks on Minecraft and, su- and survived on pot noodles and soda, so no. Okay. I know I have an addictive personality. If I install Minecraft, I will never pass another exam. <laughs> I'm sure we could make up an entire mock-up of Atlantis if you wanted to on Minecraft. Thomas, stop. <laughs> I think I saw a few videos from uh, David Hewlett about his kid playing Minecraft. David's actually posting a lot of videos recently. Could you excuse me for a moment? How <sighs> <laughs> you been then, Thomas? Had a decent week? Ah, uh, that I have. It's a lot better than last week. Last week was a little rough at work. Yeah. I was getting the silent snack food. Did you hear the loud plastic pops as I opened the case? No. I heard something. Wasn't sure what it was, though. Great. And in all typical Thomas fashion, I'm still downloading the episode right now. We are three quarters way done, though. Uh-huh. So I went and watched Transformers Age of Extinction last night. The guy who's rooting my phone is at that now, I think. It was not bad at all. Not bad at all. It was terrible? No, it was not bad at all. It was actually rather enjoyable. Was it possible to distinguish which side was which? Because that's the issue I had with the Force phone. Yes, you can definitely tell one side from the other. There's only four or five good Autobots in this movie versus the tons of bad guys. And then the dinosaurs. They brought in the Dinobots? Have you not seen the trailers? No. My exposure to media is pretty much by choice at this point. Well, then. Anyway, I will maximize because I found it much more immersive with previous episodes we've recorded. Oh, full screen. Yes. I went and got the DVD. I went, this is Region 1. Why have I got Region 1? Well, the only thing I can think of is that it must have been on, when I was looking to buy it, it must have been on sale at the time. Then, of course, oh, right, I need a PAL version, don't I? So I uh, made certain arrangements, got a PAL version, realized it had Dutch subtitles by default. Luckily, it also <laughs> had English subtitles. Well, uh, I mean, with ALC, you can just tell it to open a particular SRT file. Well, they're embedded in the file. Ah. Because I know you like your subtitles. I do. Because I find if I had the volume on the episode up too high, it distracts me from what you guys are saying, and I tend to forget you there. One of the benefits of actually watching the episode beforehand. We had that. Did we not run a poll on this? We should run a poll on this. (laughs) No. Nobody actually bothered replying to your question. I'm assuming, Mike, this is 2.32? Yep. Yes. I was fairly certain of that, but I didn't want to risk putting it in the tweet. <laughs> Although I'm sure some of our Twitter followers are amused by me getting something as basic as the number wrong so frequently. Mike isn't happy with the minimum amount of research I do now. He's not going to help me for it, <laughs> Yeah, they're all limits. This is the Emperor. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Come grab a table, pull up a chair at the Sci-Fi Diner where the food is always hot and your hosts are, well, out of this world. Sample some geeky trivia. You are listeners need to tell us what a Star Trek series did Tony Amador guest star in. Dine with celebrity guests. Hi, this is LeVar Burton from Roots Star Trek The Next Generation. This is Laurie Holden from The Walking Dead. And rub shoulders with the locals. This is Floyd of Aurora, Colorado. Hi, this is Rick from Montana. And get it to go with the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Top 5 movies, one scene cannot be unseen. All served up at sci-fi-diner-podcast.com. 
serving up science fiction from here to the end of the universe. Right. If we're good to go. At the zeros. Yep. Indeed. A black screen with a little permanently uh, hovered window indicating the calls being recorded. Or possibly one from Skype, I'm not sure. Yep, unfortunately they didn't bother including the lion on the season 10 releases. Shame on NGM, shame. You'd think they would, considering. Well, yeah, it's a company emblem. Mm-hmm. You Normally you watch a movie and produced by, produced by, independent film company, blah, 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 blah. There's about four or five different entities involved in actually funding the damn thing. I'm assuming you've seen that Simpsons episode where they take the piss out of that. I probably have. There's one with Homer's in the cinema. Basically, there's about like eight of them. Yeah. Guy gets shot in the arm and Homer's thinking, oh, mystery. And then you're like, man shot in the arm production. <laughs> have you seen the episode where he sets up a home cinema, the local town in his backyard? Must be the last five seasons. Yeah, it was the season. He was getting videos and bought says, you, you know, what are you getting videos and DVDs for? You know, just go on the internet and you can you can watch any movie you want. So Homer suddenly finds out he can torrent, you know, or download any film he wants. Oh, dear. Starts playing it in his backyard, inviting people around, gets arrested, you know, when the FBI storm the place. Mm-hmm. The little guy fighting the system. Hollywood says, we should make a movie of your life. Well, he's all for it. And then Homer gets pissed off because people are pirating it. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking episode, that was. Anyway, I'm doing Svenska today. Okay, then. Trey, Tvo, et, clicky. Previously. Fire, fire, fire. Yes, fire, fire. Yeah, fire. Ooh, looks determined. I would say, it wasn't much green time for the actor, but he really made the most of it. Mm-hmm. Bang up job at the scroll. Is the will of the aura. Uh, strange you should mention bang up just as a pregnant <laughs> Claudia appears on screen. <laughs> just in case you've forgotten what happened in the season nine premiere, which most people had. Something's happening. I'm not sure when the DVDs were released. Oh dear. <laughs> Boom. Oh my god. I didn't think you were that stupid. <laughs> yeah, still occasionally is that stupid. All batteries open fire. Yes, replay the battle. It cost us enough. In slow motion, even. Mm-hmm. Added dramatic effect. And Sam just left out in space. Does that sort of remind you of the scene in Babylon 5 with Londo looking at the bombardment of the Naran home planet? A little bit. That just occurred. Interesting they've got a vapour trail. Hmm. Makes you wonder, you know, is that some sort of plasma that they're powering the system by? Almost now, keep pushing! I am pushing you! Go on, swear woman. (laughs) (laughs) You want to. (laughs) Yeah, I was waiting for it. Yeah, having a real baby was so much easier than that. She's beautiful. She? She? Yes. I do like the old-fashioned look on board a hyperspace-capable interstellar starship. Wait, where, where are you going? I want to see. Oh, come back. <laughs> and the prior. Sneaky bugger, isn't he? Eterarus adsidera tolere fortus. Ah. Stop speaking foreign. No, I... I can't... Can I hold her? She's my baby. After Very similar to Latin, of course. And we have the father with the page boy haircut. I had the haircut for my communion. Once again, Doug Abrams is playing the Ori Prior. Hmm. Yes, it's rather an awful haircut, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It looks like the wig that Chekhov was wearing in the first season, the second season of Star Trek. Hmm. Very squishy. She is Orisai. Such is her purpose. In this vast expanse that is sheltered by evil and led astray, she will be the beacon of light in the darkness. Oh dear. Yes, your daughter will bring destruction onto the Milky Way galaxy. With the wisdom of the ages, she will lead us to glorious victory over any and all unbelievers. The grand plan is laid out. <laughs> and he smiled. Look at him. <laughs> My daughter. Hey, <laughs> I'm set for life. As long as I don't get killed, I'll be all right. Ah, hyperspace. Zip, zip, zip. And efficient. One window. Yeah, no mention about it. It's uh, not like our ships. Oh. Okay then. Flesh and Blood, Season 10, Episode 1 of Stargate SG-1. Gatecast Episode 232. This episode was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by William Waring. Had its world premiere in America on July the 14th, 2006. We got it October the 18th and the Canadians got it November the 2nd. A bit further afield, the Swedes got it November the 1st, 2007, and the Japanese October the 14th, 2008. Quite a few series with episodes of the same name. Hotel, Touched by an Angel, Lost Girl, Falcon Crest, NCIS, Person of Interest, Voyager, Scandal, Casualty, and Doctors. And believe me, check IMDb and there are many, many more. And we're back. Lots of wreckage. Nice debris field. Sam, Sam counters wreckage. <laughs> would have thought the wreckage would have, you know, expanded more. Carter, in, I assume all of it had momentum. Can anyone hear me? Please respond. Wouldn't look interesting if there were no wreckage there at all. Mm -hmm. If anyone can hear me, this is Lieutenant Colonel Carter. Please respond. Ooh, that's got to be a bad feeling. Yeah, great acting this. Everybody's in this. Oh, I see. I'm in I'm not sure who Matthew Blaze is. Colonel Emerson, ah. the captain of the Odyssey. Surprising, they don't normally <laughs> show blood in this show. Nor uh, highly advanced technology that works when you hit it. <laughs> Sam, it's me, Mitchell, can you hear me? I can't tell you how good it is to hear your voice. Well, it worked in Armageddon, I believe. Well, yeah. Now, 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 we OT people have a name for that, Thomas. Yes, I'm well aware of. It's called Percussive Maintenance. And just as we see in the Atlantis premiere, which we'll be covering next week, we're seeing the battle from a slightly different perspective. It also allows them to cut in some footage from the finale, save a few dollars. That looks expensive. Whoa. Oh, oh, that's nice. Mm. <laughs> you see, he was moving quite fast, and he would continue to keep moving. Nice shockwave. I must have lost consciousness. So even if he'd only been out for an hour, he should be thousands of miles away. In space, there's nothing to stop you. Yeah. Still on board. Is this Sam not so gently reminding him that, hey, limited air here, less chatter, more picking up? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the Ori ships? They left here approximately four and a half hours ago. Yeah, you see Sam there using a CGI green screen for the space, and some of the shots are using a simple black curtain, velvet black curtain with the silver dots on it. Mm -hmm. They also thought it was a great idea to have the uh, spacesuit with the lights. Originally, it's powered by a battery pack, but they kept having to replace them, so they kind of wired it to the mains, 
And the first time Sam got in the suit after that, she said, I can smell smoke. There's Major Kevin Marks, Martin Christopher, one of the few people to actually appear in all three live-action Stargate series. Look, uh, hey. I hate to be self-centered here, especially given what's just happened, but uh, I've only got a couple of hours of life support left here. I'm aware of the situation, Colonel. I'll keep you apprised. Request permission to come on board, sir. Permission granted. That docking bay is out of commission, Colonel. <laughs> of course not. And so the Ori didn't finish off the few ships that were still halfway alive. No. Colonel Emerson. Teal, it's good to see you're okay. You as well. This vessel has sustained substantial damage. It has taken some time to get primary systems back online. We've been receiving several distress beacons from damaged ships. We've been able to ring aboard a few survivors, but our life support's already overtaxed. Any chance you can take on a few people? Oh! <laughs> Oops. Wasn't watching what was going behind him, were you, Till? How are the shields and hyperdrive coming? We have 20% power to shields. The steer's concentrating on the Asgard beam technology. Hyperdrive is still offline. Yeah, if only they had a few more Asgard. Colonel Mitchell has landed safely. Thank you. Keep a channel open to that mothership. Try to reach Teal. Never mind, Teal. Try reaching Amanda. Of course, Nitam was going to survive. <laughs> Eric Steinberg, American actor. Pretty Little Liars, Days of Our Lives, 24 and Voyager. American? And was Tilk shot there? It looked like he kind of got shot in his right shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> they had to know they were survivors. They need witnesses. Their goal is not to kill us all, it's to convert us. Yes, always leave a few survivors to spread the word. That they did. How's Basir coming with that Asgard beam? Basir, this is Emerson. Please report. Due to the damage, I am rewriting the control code from the beginning. And it would be going much faster were I not constantly interrupted. <laughs> oh, I do love a sarcastic Asgard. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, it's how most coders react to being interrupted. Like, leave me alone and I'll write it. You know, do you keep me surprised with caffeine and go away? <laughs> <laughs> so they did get a few people off the Korolev. Not the general, though. Colonel Emerson to the bridge. What is it, Major? We've re-established contact with the Lucene Alliance mothership, sir. They're asking to speak with you. I'm on my way. Is Earth aware of our situation? He's a big one, isn't he? Yeah. Blimey. <laughs> Oh, just give up, guys. Find a nice tropical paradise and live the rest of your life. You like eight on this thing? No. <laughs> they have rings, though. Hmm. Korolev and the Odyssey are our only two ships in the galaxy. How long can we go on current life support? A day, maybe less. And that's only if we don't take on more survivors. In that case, then, they're on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Channel is open, sir. This is Colonel Emerson of the Earthship Odyssey. I am Natan, leader of the Lucian Alliance. You will surrender your ship to our control immediately. Leader? What? <laughs> oh dear. We don't need this sort of complication, guys. Hey there. Lieutenant Colonel Cameron Mitchell here. Look, we were all in this fight together, weren't we? This is not how allies are supposed to treat each other. Granted, we got our butts kicked, but we still need each other if we're going to survive. Oh yeah. Oh, paranoid much. <laughs> I think he may have lost slightly. Adlier. You'd be destroying the only other ship out here with life support capabilities. You've dragged us into this battle knowing it would deplete our forces. I suspect intentionally. That's not true. This reminds anyone of that TNG episode with the virus and the Romulans? Why don't you tell us your situation? Maybe we can work something out. The situation is you will surrender or be destroyed. Uh, we have turned off the uh, mm. communications device. Yep, just checking. I didn't see the cut symbol. Yeah. Cut motion. It reminds me of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I know it doesn't really make any sense, but those Ori ships just look fast when they're going through hyperspace. 
That kind of, doesn't look very comfortable. Oh, and he's so chipper. Just had a baby. <laughs> she saw her. She's recovering, yeah. <laughs> no drugs. How are you feeling? <laughs> Brace yourself. Oh, get off your knees. No matter she's... who or what she is, I'm her mother. She needs to be fed and she's cared being for, doesn't well she? Cared for. I should be allowed I spoke to see with her. The prior. And... They've agreed to let you see her. Protestration again. What the hell? Blimey. Wow. <laughs> no wonder you had Bush. <laughs> wow. Hello, mother. Does she have vertical <laughs> pupils? They look almost yellow, even. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, CGI'd her eyes. They didn't want to inflict contact lenses on a, a youngster. No. That was four-year-old Emma Cooper, the daughter of Robert E. Cooper, the original actress they hired for the role when she finally got on set and was surrounded by, well, everybody involved. Kind of lost a nerve. Yeah. So they ended up shooting this a week or so later. Take us out of weapons range. Let's see what they do. Ah. <laughs> oh. I heard the children grew up quickly, but this is ridiculous. Ah. <laughs> well, it's the least you could do. Also useful when your mother doesn't have to guilt you into how long her labour was. Mm. Even 20 or 30 years later. Yeah? She'll never let you forget it, though, Valor. Too creepy. You do not believe. Aww. I don't know what you mean. You cannot hide your feelings from me. It's alright, I will help you find the path. Okay. I'll draw the aura. Those yellow eyes are kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. You will believe. I've got a rattle, I'm not afraid mm. to use it. Freytag! Freytag! Oh, no. Yeah. The battle did not go well. Freytag, you have a master! Understatement of the year! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Word is four Ori ships came through the Chubacol. Super gay. They lay waste to all that stood in their path and then moved on. Topical. Hmm. Mm. Uh, super gay. No, bloody big gay. That's what it means. <laughs> Agreed. Walter, dial it up. Walter. Even if that's all we see of them, that's more than enough. Yeah. How's it going? We're just about to test it. Oh, dear. Now, was it supposed to be... Uh... <laughs> Of all the things to test, you may have limited food resources. Sam, I'm sorry, we're not quite ready yet. Hate to rush you. Can you fix it in time? I am unsure of where the instability is occurring. Simple answer. I will have to go through the program code again, line by line. That's a no. It's time for plan B. <laughs> Probably a no. Uh, you're thinking what I think you're thinking? It won't work. Ah, uh, B. Even one extra Asgard might have made all the difference. Cameron's taking over. Okay, Cameron is not trained to helm this. No way, he, this is like freight flying the Sonic Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a lot of momentum you're building up there. Yes. Ooh, that looks taking dense. a lot of damage, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Size is you can have vast sections open to atmosphere. Yep. Oh, the pain stick. This is your fault. I have already told you all I know of the Ori. Our only hope of defeating their followers is to unite our forces and work together. You have nothing to gain by torturing me. Yes. I mean, the Lucian Alliance would probably consider that there's an opportunity there. By bowing down to the Ori, they can operate their criminal activities within the system. 
<laughs> yeah, but you have Adria who will look at him and say, You don't believe. You're dead. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Sublight engines don't have that much control. If you hit me, even at minimum velocity... I am not gonna hit you. Panic, Sam. You're allowed to panic. Not on purpose. <laughs> I'm thinking bug on a windshield. Yeah. <laughs> What's the slowest speed of the Odyssey? About 100 mile an hour. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Bug on a windshield, most definitely. <laughs> it's a nice shot, though. Yeah. Get me in past the shield. The artificial gravity will kick in. He'll fall from even 30 Sam, stop worrying. Vasir is riding the controls manually. <laughs> it's flying by, isn't it? <laughs> You're going too fast. This tub doesn't go any slower. Initializing 5% reverse thrust. Whee. You see, they are admitted in the commentary that the ratios are totally off for this scene. Oh, yeah. But they couldn't make the ship too big or Sam would look too small, and they couldn't make Sam too big or make the ship look too small. This is still going to hurt. No, it won't. <laughs> Suddenly, it looks like a TV set. Are those wooden floor plates? They may be made out of wood. They're not supposed to look like it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, this metal is so weird it has a grain. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> her forearm looks like thin there. Oh, oh, come on. You know what? It'll take him a couple of hours to get some out of that spacesuit. We have her, sir. She's okay. Nice flying. Yeah, some days you get lucky. Stop being modest, Cameron. Precise flying. Although, I'm not exactly sure your F-16 or F-302 training really gears you up for that. Yeah, I was going to say no sweat, but there was definitely sweat involved. In Vasir's case, I think it was perspiration. Any news on Teal'c? No, but we have something else. We downloaded the black box data from the core left. It survived that explosion. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really buying into that. Oh, we do get to see what happened to Daniel, though, because uh, it was never explained in the finale. You betcha. Yeah, this is what we want. The battle from the perspective of the Korolev. Excellent use of existing CGI. Sir! Sensors are indicating inside energy fluctuation. Either shields coinciding with their own weapons fire. Beamer new gunboat! Of course, Beamer new. Yeah. Mm. Come on, Gary, make the most of it. Mm. We won't see you again after this episode. Reporting no success with the attempts to be weapons of all enemy ships! Enemy ships, enemy vessels, surely. It's a grand tradition. In the middle of the battle, let's roll a nuclear warhead down the corridor. Well. Set it to go off five seconds after activation. This scene was actually cut a little differently. Originally, it had Daniel ringing off just before the explosion but they thought it made it look like you were being a bit too much of a coward. Of course, when they cut it this way, you think, hang on a minute, the ship was hit, and Daniel managed to do all that in about a tenth of a second. Not reminiscent of Jafar. No, are they? <laughs> Where would human... Same tricks always work. Yeah. Although, surely they must have seen him. Well, no, because those helmets really don't allow for any peripheral vision. Just keep your eyes on the guy in front of you and don't worry about anything else. All we know is they cut through two of our 304s, an Asgard ship, and a fleet of Gaul motherships. They could be on their way here as we speak. We sent the best we had to stop them. The IOA is considering bringing the Atlantis ZPM to Earth for use in the Antarctic Earth Defense System. <laughs> Not good enough. Send the IOA. Let's see what they negotiate. 
Send diplomats. We've got plenty of them. Form in Antarctica would be any more effective against the Ori ships than what we've already thrown at them. Good point. As usual, the IOA is wasting their breath. You know, if I had the salaries they pay those idiot blowhard politicians to put into my budget, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Landry definitely doesn't like the IOA. No, he doesn't. <laughs> In the commentary, which was Rob T. Cooper, William Wearing, and Jim Menard, they also pointed out, of course, that the IOA are often put in the same basket as the money men at NGM and Sci-Fi. So casual digs, if you would, at the people who will give them the budgets. Are not so casual digs. <laughs> yeah. They said the premiere episode normally gets a slightly higher budget, as you can see. It allows them to do that little bit extra with the CGI and bring in more guest stars. Okay, where's my little girl? <laughs> That'd make a nice screensaver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello, Mother. You need not be afraid. Okay, doesn't sound quite so creepy now she's a little bit older. Yeah. Are you actually going to stop growing at some point? Because, well, <laughs> at this rate, you're going to have a very short life. And this would be? This is Jadelle Furland, if you remember her from the Atlantis episode. I can't remember the name, but it's where McKay and John go rescue the princess. Oh, that one, the one with the, the, one with the painting. Yeah, ah. I remember the painting. Everyone remembers the painting. Yes. I'm very hungry. Would you like something to eat? Okay. Yeah, they say, you know, they got Jodel just before she kind of really hit the big time, TV-wise. I don't think her eyes are quite as yellow as the previous Adria there. No, they might actually switch to contacts now. Do you have a name? They call me Orsai. Yeah. It's not much of a name, is it? What would you like to call me? Well. In this scene, Claudia actually forgot a line, and Joe Dell actually knew it. That I'd name her after my mother. She was a very strong woman. Her name was Adria. I like that. Adria. A little mother-daughter bonding. Hmm. You think that by naming me, you will humanize me. Make me more like you. More sympathetic to your point of view. Oh, that's a good opening, that. <laughs> well, that's one way to put it. Yeah. The Ori wove their knowledge into my genetic makeup. At least, as much as my human brain could hold, all their knowledge is far too much for us to possibly comprehend. Is she in precocious annoying child mode? No, I don't think so. You're not actually one of them. I'm the closest I can be. In the form of flesh and blood. Isn't there a part of you that's from me? Of course. You are my mother. Exactly. And as your mother, you will listen to me, young lady. There will be no leading of these ships and armies on a mass-murdering crusade. Or else. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, she's not exactly uh, the normal human child, intelligence and development-wise. Yeah. yeah, she's blown you out of the water there, Claudia. They are the ones who long ago tried to destroy the Ori for their beliefs, not the other way around. 
Only the Ori share all they learn. The ancients have kept the basic truth of your existence from you. Yes, the Ori are cheating. We know the rules that the ancients have actually explained to us. And we've seen it through uh, Orlan in both guises, male and, you know, adult and boy. Mm-hmm. And the ancients are the ones sapping energy from humans in this galaxy to empower themselves. That is why they created you. To give them the strength to destroy the Ori. Once and for all. <laughs> that is why all those who could not be made to see the true path must be destroyed. Or all will be lost to evil. Oh, this won't end well. <laughs> Are you saying this is a preemptive strike? It's self-defense. It matters not what you call it. The cause is just. And the truth will see us through to victory. Do you really believe that? Or are you just hoping I will? Why don't you believe me, Mother? <laughs> yeah, nice try there. I don't know. You choose to take the word of an ancient over your daughter. What have the ancients done to earn your trust? About as much as you. In the end, only you can decide the fate of your own soul. It's not quite leaving your toys out, is it? <laughs> None of the Ori are willing to descend, but the kind of created Adria to be the conduit, mouthpiece. So is she as brainwashed as the followers of Ori? Valor explains it later. If she's got the full knowledge of the Ori, and more and more as she grows and as a human brain develops, then she knows the truth. So unlike the priors, she's not brainwashed. But seems to ardently believe that the Ori are good and benevolent, where we see they're not. Oh, she's putting on an act, or making the play, see how persuasive she can be. She could convince her mother, she could convince everybody. Sure. The cause is just what, though. The only thing creepier is if she was in black and white with a shocking white ear, like, <laughs> oh, what was that film? Mm-mm. Village of the Damned. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I've never actually seen it. Hey, Daniel. Dig the rope. <laughs> Very Obi-Wan. Oh, I had a baby. Let me whip out my lightsaber. Well, hey. <laughs> oh. Oh, really? You didn't mean that as a double entendre? <laughs> well, when they both started looking down as well, I thought, yeah, well, you never know with these babies, do you? I a sense of comic timing, but you've seen this recently. <laughs> It's one of the reasons why you do watch it. You know what's coming, so if you've got something to say, you can actually time it reasonably well. Well, how old is she? A few hours. The Ori used me to sneak one of their own over the border. You're a mule. Mm. I'd never have described Valor or Claudia as a mule. Or Daniel. <laughs> Getting into a confrontation with the ancients, right? So they created their own human representative with their knowledge to lead their armies. Sort of an uber prior like the Dosai. Oh, but she's much worse than that. The priors are just pawns. She knows the score. She's complicit with the R.I. You should have heard the propaganda that she just tried to feed me. Wait, 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 wait. we're talking about a baby here, right? Oh, she's been to... No. No, Daniel. She's got a surprise for you. If she takes after her mother, she'll have a pretty good figure, too. This is bad. You're telling me Origin's about to become a lot more appealing to the males of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that That's a good point. When the leader of the army ends up looking like Adria does, you suddenly go, well... <laughs> of course we'll follow you, unerringly. Adria told her it was my mother's. Not. Stepmother, witch of a woman. Yeah, the more I get to know you, the more I'm starting to understand. Huh? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
again in the commentary that says right when they paired these two together you know the chemistry was obvious it was a no-brainer to bring them together for season 10. Once her mother's approval so I'm hoping I can use that somehow I mean why else would she care what I think right? Yeah, we're now a little more concerned about getting off this ship there's only so long I can hide. Hide! Yeah. Hide! <laughs> oh, oh, that right. I only take that up. Hi! Long day? Ah, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh. Oh, I see you're up and around. Mm. <laughs> Much better. You're never that died. Mm. <laughs> She's feeling frisky. There's not many women that give them birth that are that. <laughs> oh dear. Mm -hmm. Oh, it didn't work. Okay, I tried to be nice. Alright, let's try that diplomacy one more time. <laughs> you know, I'd have put that view screen in front. Yeah. You've got to look to the left every time. If you have a long conversation, it can't be comfortable. Or face us in battle. They're firing weapons. Uh, never a good thing. You could have given us a bit of warning. Ooh. Using lines to turn on each other. Carter, now or never. I have a lock. Hey, Tilk. Hey, it's our sandwich. Of course, at the last second. <laughs> All your bits here, Tilk. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought he got shot in the right shoulder there. Medical team to auxiliary control room two. So did Nathan die, or is he still around? I assume with Braytok saying he contacted them, they'd had a 30 seconds or a minute to ring people off. Mm. My guess is they knew exactly how badly damaged the ship was anyway, so they only had a skeleton crew on board. The Orsai is a truth seer. She is a child. Little girls always have issues with their mothers. Are you saying you do believe in the Ori? Why are you here with me if you doubt my devotion? Because I love you. Oh, awkward. Awkward. Because I'm still hoping I can save your soul. Oh, that was the transition to normal space. Uh, what? Where are you going? I'm called to duty. I was hoping I could save him. Now that's an interesting alarm. That's actually rather restrained. More of an alert than an alarm. Yeah. I'm glad to see you alive. It is good to be alive, old friend. We just got some bad news. More? My god, man, nothing's gonna kill you. <laughs> Moments ago, they emerged from hyperspace. Over Chulak. Oh dear. Oh dear. Why does everything happen at Chulak? For reasons of plot, obviously. Does Chris wear an earring then in real life? He's certainly got a hole in his ear. Whoa. That was just a casual brush it. That was sledgehammer walnut, wasn't it? Yeah. So much for being part of the home guard. <laughs> this is a good cutty post. Nothing ever oh. happens over to you. They don't resemble Darius at all, do they? Mm. Not in the slightest. I said they're a bit bigger than darts, though. They're a large dart, are they? Like I say, tactically, it's an important planet because of its history. But you also wonder if it's a little dig at Tilk as well. You got the feeling that the Ori and the Priors never forget. Why Chulak? Perhaps because it is where the Jaffa rebellion against the Goa'uld began. No matter. We must not abandon them. Well, as soon as we get our hyperdrive back, we have to head to Earth for repairs. Someone's got to stick around and keep an eye on that supergate. We may not be able to stop the Ori ships from coming through, but we should at least know if they do. We will leave a small contingent in a cloaked scout ship behind. Yes, quite. I mean, this is one of the reasons they wrote the Ori. They wanted to take the kind of the whole story back to the beginning, where the humans were facing an insurmountable enemy. Unfortunately, the Ori at this point are ten times worse than the Gwolds ever were. Mm. Sam, I'm going with him. Yep, me too. 
It's suicide. Well, for Teal Cambretech, that's not really an argument against going. Well, what about you? However remote, there is still a chance that Daniel's alive on board one of those Ori ships. He may need our help. You really believe that? You don't know him like we do. <laughs> yes, there is precedent for Daniel. Yes, it doesn't really matter if he's alive or not. Death has never really stopped Daniel today. Well, that's very polite, is it? Yes, we're going to we're going to crush your city now. Yeah. <laughs> what a great idea to build the house on top of the mountain with a view. I do like the design though. It's so retro in places. You know, it looks like it's got cast iron and wood and glass and you know, look at that carved mahogany. I would say it's steampunk, but you point out there isn't any steam just to wind me up. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time you've done that. Maybe late medieval, early renaissance architecture style, but integrated with the technology of the ancient. Yeah, you know, either the Ori only gave them the designs to build the core elements of the ship and they let the population fit it out according to how they like, so all the rooms and whatnot are like their own homes. They have stun weapons like zap guns. I'll distract while you sneak up and stun her. Tim Guinea plays Toman. I'm not quite sure if his presence there was just a coincidence or he was actually spying on his wife. It's kind of a skeleton crew on board. How many more Jaffa do you have on the other ships? Not many. Getting the Consul to relinquish three Hatak was difficult enough. The crew I had to assemble personally. So we're outmatched in manpower, firepower and technology. Well, nothing new there, is it, Cameron? <laughs> there is a plan, isn't there, lads? Please, tell me there's a plan. Yeah. Hey, I'm all about noble death. Pointless noble death, on the other hand. The Korolev log indicated that they were attempting to use the rings to get a nuke through a fluctuation in the Ori ship shields that was coinciding with the firing of their main weapons. Great, so we'll use the other two ships to draw their fire while we sneak around the backside and jam a big old nuke up their tailpipe. But we don't have any nukes. Again, getting hold of that log, that is two suspects. You don't draw a fire, you get hit once you explode. That's not exactly draw a fire. Yes, I mean, we've seen the uh, Asgard shields take a hit and survive one shot. Yeah. But not the gold ships. Now we got a plan. Now what possessed Cameron to put that on him? How did he conceal it in his hand where he could do that? Not quite sure on that one, though. I mean, he must have been planning that when he was on the Odyssey. You know, you don't carry spears around. Mm-hmm. Now, you've learned that the prize need to be focused in order for their powers to work, so when you hear the catchphrase, come in, firing, and anyone else in the room shouldn't be a problem. Now, you sure this thing just stuns? The staff thing kills. That's less potent. Oh, looking good, Daniel. <laughs> and if you stab somebody with it, it really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, stand guard there. Do they have a helmet? Well, I suppose there are a few thousand people on board. Probably don't know everybody. You gotta make sure it's Daniel. Be able to see him. Mm. Yeah. Come in, mother. And this is Brenna O'Brien or O'Brien. Come into my web, said the spider to the fly. Are you all right? Why are you sitting here alone in the dark? <laughs> oh, uh, she has power. It's a lot to take in. Makes my headache. I can imagine. Yeah. Power of the Ori without actually drawing on the power of the Ori, like the prize do. At least they got very similar looking kids. Yeah, that's one thing they had to make sure get young women that look similar. Also, they made sure they dressed them the same. 
hid as much flesh as possible. Made the job a lot easier. Moving into flanking position. <laughs> That's a new something similar to have said. The giant following ball. Yeah. What are you doing? Looking out on Chulak. Are you interested in the planet you're conquering? I was gonna say, Jane, that's more lishy. You went up the steps. Once. What do you know of the Jafar? They are proud people. Confused about the ways to salvation. They have been misled by parasites posing as gods for many generations. But in their hearts, believe they know ascension is the true goal of our existence. <laughs> and they will be beaten upon and drawn upon, ground under our heels. As opposed to you lot. This is Lieutenant Colonel Samantha Carter calling any survivors of the Earthship Korolev. Please come in. So is this kind of a catch-up for the last nine seasons? What happened? Just in case. Maybe one or two people were watching Stargate you want for the first time at the season 10 premiere. Although, as I said, the numbers for this episode were rather low because there wasn't much promotion for it and people in America didn't realise it had returned. Episode 2 numbers shot back up. Yay, Daniel! <laughs> I told him you were alive, but nobody would take a bet. Fortunate that these people aren't very curious. Anybody on an alright ship belongs here. Oh, um, one shot. Oh, who'd want, geez, who'd want to serve on one of these ships? That means is we just lost about 200 warriors in an attack. I don't even think there's that many on there. Probably fortunate if they're, if they're a full complement, you know, going through and like nobody's business. The URI ship that's landed on the planet. Hallelujah, what's the bad news? We just lost one of our motherships. If our plan doesn't work, this will be a very short battle. We are in range. Now, they're firing. Send it. Now, my question is, why didn't a second mothership peel off to uh, engage also? Yeah, try to enlarge your fluctuation in the shields. It should have gone off by now. No, it didn't work. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. Gritted teeth. Oh, dear. They must embrace their destiny. Well then. Hello, Dali Ori. Please, Mother. It is blasphemous for an unbeliever to speak those words. No, really. You're, you're starting to make sense to me now. I'm, I'm really coming around. Hallowed are the Ori. Omen's the jealous type. Yeah. Perfectly understandable as well. I do kind of like the armor, though. Actually looks more suitable than the Jaffa armor ever did. Oops. Ah, there's the second Ori ship. And isn't it nice, a space battle that's operating in all dimensions, all that's easy. Yeah. We just lost another mothership. Let's get Jackson on board and get the hell out of here. I'm sorry, Colonel Mitchell. That is not the plan. Of course it's not. Braytat's come up with a plan. Oh, that sort of plan. I believe he intends to ram the enemy vessel. Yeah, I got that. That'll kill us. I think he knows that. Indeed. <laughs> this worked in Babylon 5. It ain't gonna work. <laughs> Run. <laughs> Fight another day. Chances are we'll just impact the shield. We won't do any damage to them. What do you think? You're making some kind of a statement. Man, it was your ship. We didn't have to come along. And maybe it is better die in battle. I don't know. I was never really hoping to find out. But I do know one thing. There's no point in dying when you're going to lose anyway. Not when you have a choice. A fully shielded Hatak can't take out one of these Ori ships by ramming it, then you're screwed. They were conspiring against you. Yes, I know. Kill him. No. Don't kill my Daniel. I expect years of fighting ahead of him. We want to talk to you. Move! I said kill him. 
Ooh, that's gonna hurt. Mother. All knowing and all seeing, but you can't exactly predict what people are gonna do. And healer, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you couldn't have waited until she'd finished healing me. Leave <laughs> <laughs> me, grab her. Oh yeah, like that's gonna happen. Oh dear, here Ooh. we go again. Fire. Yes. Hello, boy. <laughs> fire and prior. Fire, fire. Colonel Carter, this is Emerson. Come in. Is he holding a little steering wheel? Beam us on board. Enemy ships have detected our presence. Moving into range. You should have four beacons transmitting. I plan it. Yes, you can be angry at me later when we're alive and safely away from here. It's all gonna hit it, don't worry. Do it. Yes, you'll get the nice view. That's a nice effect. Both shields flare up. Yeah. The attack shields fails and then crunch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Ori weapon doesn't work when the prior shows up. <laughs> no. Oh. Yep. Telekinetic. Outclassed here. Can you stop this though? <laughs> nope. Can't stop the beaming. Well, he, they were beaming into the ship. Oh dear. <laughs> The energy bolt. Guess that didn't follow them. No. It's chasing us faster. Yes. Incredibly fortunate, that. We were lucky the ship on the planet had lowered its shields. We should have grabbed for Andrea, not me. Now I'm thinking I should have shot her when I had the chance. Daniel, you couldn't have killed a child. Mm. She's not a child. She's an ori in the body of a human. Isn't that cheating? Yeah. Well, Orlin broke the rules by taking human form and telling us the truth about the Ori. Don't worry, in a few days you may think differently when you see her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kid's gonna be a big problem. Hmm. She ain't a child. She'll be fully grown within a matter of days. See? Cheating. Yeah, I gotta admit the Ascended Rulebook's getting a little hard to understand. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> there usually never are rules in a war. Unfortunately, right now, there is no war. Well said. In a war, you got two sides fighting. All we have is a lot of winning by the bad guys. They have troops and ships in our territory and a super gate to bring in more anytime they need them. I remember when we first opened the gate. The Gold had total domination over the galaxy. They had massive technological superiority over us. A lot of people didn't think we had a chance. Yes, all those years. A lot of nuance there getting through. Game over, man. <laughs> I just think we need a new plan. No worries then. We got this. <laughs> yes. We have courage and integrity. Of course we'll win. Yes, Floaty to run away really, really quickly. And that's a fishing setup for the rest of the season. Yeah. Gotta be. Big hill to climb. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the, the writers decided to create Adria. Obviously, they wanted a figurehead for the Ori rather than multiple priors. And of course, as luck would have it, well, luck, I suppose, you, you want to count, Claudia being pregnant, that's how they brought the Orisai in. At this point, we don't know who the cast for the adult version. At the time, we didn't. We do now. Something to look forward to there. Indeed. They picked them with enough similarities to the yeah, that It's reasonable. Well, I imagine that you can say it was immaculate conception in the religious terminology, but I imagine that they've done DNA cloning and whatnot, engineered her to be pretty much perfect. In fact, the surprising thing is that she was having headaches and, you know, as her brain developed, you'd have thought, couldn't they have gotten around that somehow? Orlin said whenever he was a kid, he had a lot of headaches from all the knowledge in his head. Sort of, I guess, the same thing. Yeah, but while he descended, didn't design a body 
for that purpose. Well, so they didn't descend one of their own into her womb, and there you go. Yeah, but then she wouldn't. Well, you could, I suppose you could go round and round because we haven't got a clue, have we, really? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> a little trivia. Robert E. Cooper, the writer of this episode, he wrote six episodes of Stargate Universe, five for Atlantis, and 37 for SG1, as well as writing Arc of Truth. William Waring, the director, he eventually directed 13 episodes of SG1, 16 of SGA, and 9 of Universe, before going on to direct six episodes of Continuum. He started out as a camera operator on Stargate. He eventually worked on 60 episodes. As they said in the commentary, Stargate franchise like promote from within. You'll find most of the directors at some point were assistant directors or cameramen, even mm-hmm. DPs. It's probably one of the reasons why we see so few freelance directors coming in. One scenes. When they were building the Ori Starship, it took two weeks from uh, design to construction. They actually scrapped the first one part way through because they didn't really like the look of it. Mm. Unusual combination. The corridors were lit in a very cold and sterile blue lighting to give that more advanced technological feel. Whereas the interior rooms were a lot of wood panelling and lit warmer to reflect the, the more primitive conditions the people are used to living by. And that was Flesh and Blood, season 10 premiere. A pretty good start, I thought. Indeed. An enjoyable episode. Kept moving quite well. Yeah, they had to uh, cram a lot in. They did uh, the flashback to the Korolev, and we found out exactly how Daniel ended up on the Ori ship. Even by his standards, it was pretty remarkable. And how Cameron made it off. That's almost like Indiana Jones and the fridge and the nuclear blast. (laughs) (laughs) You think, hang on, you should not have survived. I mean, the energy in that wave should have ripped the throw two apart. At least the wings should have gone flying off. Yes, Mm. yeah. As they said, oh, he's landed, so his undercarriage was okay as well. Well, the undercarriage were retracted. You really think Cameron had time while the the coral were blowing up to actually, you know, okay, checklist, undercarriage. Well, no, but undercarriage may be set to retract automatically above a certain speed. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not a plane. There's no wind resistance. No, but, I mean, the thing operates in atmosphere as well. Flip a switch and there you go. Yeah, there's probably a big button. Atmospheric flight, space flight. <laughs> Again, once you start nitpicking, you, there's no stopping you. You can go on forever. Indeed. And ever. That's half the fun, though. I mean, there's no fun in nitpicking something you're not enjoying. True right. that. Yeah, you just if you're not enjoying it, you just don't watch it. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Hey, Mike, Alan, Gatecast listeners. This is Dan from New York. Uh, Just a few thoughts on Season 9 of SG-1. I think the writers and the directors did a great job of introducing Cam and General Landry and really think that it helped us as viewers, you know, uh, like these characters. They made them very likable, and it was great. Avalon Part 1 is probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole season. The other I would want to give mention to is Ripple Effect. It was just great, you know, to me, and plus all the Sams didn't hurt. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, that's what I think about Season 9. You know, overall it was great, and I had a few episodes that, you know, stood out to me. Anyway, um, the main topic of this recording for you guys, I kind of want to get your thoughts on the new movie that's slated for 2016 or 2017 at this point. I have my thoughts about it, but I really want to hear what you guys have to say. I guess I'm looking forward to it because I want to see what they have in store for us, you know, and I'm just looking forward to a good science fiction movie. But the 1994 Stargate movie that kicked all this off for us, it was a good movie, but I really prefer the TV shows and what the writers and producers 
of the series that we love so much. I like what those guys did with it, you know, and that's what, obviously, it's what we have. I don't know what they're going to do or how this is going to be. I don't quite know how to feel about it. I will watch it, but it's just going to depend on what they do. I hope they don't try to pick it up after leaving Daniel on Abydos or whatever they called it in the 1994 movie. I hope they don't pick it up there. I won't be able to get into it because we already know what happened after that. We've all seen Children of the Gods and we know what happened. So I just hope they don't do that. If they want to reboot it or whatever, or play around with it, that's cool. I'll watch it. But I know what, kind of having trouble putting this into words, I know what happened. We already know what is canon. So whatever these guys do, I hope they don't make a mockery of mess up what we already know has gone on. I don't know. This is going to be a rough one. I hope you guys have some thoughts on it. If you want to share them, that's cool. If you don't want to and you want to wait, I get that. I just know, like, in Twitter and different aspects of social media, people ask me stuff, and I have my opinions, and, you know, those are my thoughts. Uh, I wish somebody would make a movie, but I wish it would continue, like, maybe Universe or Atlantis. Anyway, guys, thanks for all you do, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Yes, Dan will be joining us later. He will be doing the commentary for Company of Thieves, the Stargate SG-1 episode. Look out for it. And we had a few responses to Dan's question. I'll let Alan answer it first. My own thoughts on this Stargate reboot is I see it the same way that Christian Bale's Batman bore absolutely no resemblance to what came before and indeed they didn't even stick with the same actor from film. I think that I'm going to view this as completely new because Obviously, to incorporate everything that happens in 10 years of the TV show and the movie, I can understand why they'd want to restart the whole thing from scratch. Whether or not they continue with Daniel, I mean, I can't imagine they're going to get any of the original actors. I mean, they were pretty much tied to the TV show, the ones that did come over. And as you said, that story's been told. I think we could see a Stargate command with different SGC teams. Or they might just decide to chuck out the entire movie and restart from scratch. Or just drop in. I think the best thing they can do, and the easiest thing they can do from the not screwing with what we consider to be canon, what's there already, between the Big Finish audio adventures, the various novels, the 17 years worth of uh, television, what they could do is they could take it back. So remove Earth entirely and show the journey of Jaffa from the perspective of discovering that the ghouls aren't really gods and sort of growing up and doubts and battles and that kind of thing. You might see that, you know, sort of stargate a historical perspective. I'm intrigued. I go and see movies maybe once quarter, and I will be going to see this. How it goes is another matter entirely. Wait and see. Wise. Right then, Jeff enters this in. So far from what I've reading for the new Stargate movie they're going to restart the entire franchise. They're going to go back to the beginning so this next movie is going to be a remake of the, the original movie with James Spader and the rest. I am torn on that. I kind of hope they do go back and remake it just so that they can start fresh. Maybe change some stuff they didn't like from the first movie. I really be kind of annoyed at this point to have a quote unquote sequel made 20-30 years down the line. It just seems to be a bit too much, a bit too long to have between sequels. 
I'm not overjoyed at the fact they're going to ignore what the TV series did, but I'm not surprised they're going to ignore what the TV series did. I'm happy that we're going to get a movie, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go see it. I'll probably enjoy it. I think I agree with the directors in ignoring the TV series. I think at this point, you either are going to continue the TV series and what the TV series did, or you're going back to the drawing board and telling a different story. I'd rather have them tell a new story, the same characters, or the TV series. Now, of course, I'd also like to see the TV series come back. Upset that Stargate Universe didn't get any more seasons. I think it was really, it was starting to find its footing, and it was very different, and so it was felt very fresh to me. Whereas with Atlantis, especially the first season or two of Atlantis, there are times where I, oh, this is the Atlantis version of Blah Blah episode from SG-1. Universe didn't quite have that with it being such a different tone. I'm hopeful of the new movie. I am going to say that I agree with the tact that seems to be taking, and yeah. Yay, more Stargate! Woohoo! I find it hard to disagree with Jeff's enthusiasm for more Stargate. Right then, Brad's turn. Hello fellow Gators, Brad here from Australia. My initial thoughts and um, some other things about the recent news of a new reboot trilogy. Uh, the gates being opened once again, although I doubt it'll be under Cheyenne Mountain. First off, it was, was a good bit of news. Stargate on the whole would be returning to the big screen. Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich uh, going back to really what started it all in 94 but it does raise some questions about what will happen to the three series that we love so much. Unfortunately, pretty sure MGM have sold the rights or partial rights back to Devlin and Emmerich which means that unfortunately we will not get any more SG-1, SGA or a conclusion to Universe. That ship has sailed. I think holding out hope for something else to come out is pointless at this time. As much as they try to stick with existing canon, we do have Fandemonium still publishing SG-1 and SGA novels. Pretty sure they've got two universe novels out at the moment. The creative team of Devlin and Emmerich are in charge of this new reboot slash reimagining. I think we can safely say that none of the characters that we've seen in the three series uh, will make an appearance nor will any of the uh, alien races or the tech I'm pretty sure it's confirmed they've said that they're going to stay as far away from the series as possible which I think is a good thing because actors have moved on and there'd be no real way of bringing that sort of group back to not with the 94 film so a reimagining of the original movie. It is a reboot, and it'll be a new trilogy that will stem from that reboot. So it is possible that we'll get certain characters reimagined from the movie, i.e. Jack O'Neill, Daniel Jackson, possibly Catherine Langford. And of course, you can't have a Stargate movie without the big honking orifice itself. Now, I know there's a trilogy of books I'm not sure if the first one in the trilogy was written before 94, or if it was written after the movie's release. But I remember talk back in the day that if there was a sequel, it would come from that second book. That might be a good place to start exploring what this new trilogy might be. The obvious one is that the gate goes more than one place, but I don't feel it has to. We've seen... In the first movie it went to Abydos, but perhaps in the reboot it could go somewhere else. I'm almost worried it'll be something along the lines of Battleship, 
where we open the gate somewhere and someone out there on the other end of the gate won't want us around much and most likely invade Earth. It's quite possible we'll finally get to see the gate become public, maybe by the end of the first movie, but into the second one when the uh, invasion force gets here, that might be a possibility. Uh, like if you look back at most of their movies they've made, it's more a spectacle, a driven story, so I'm not expecting an A-plus story out of it. Also, he hasn't done military very well. If the military from, say, Godzilla are in charge of the gate, then I don't think things are going to work out too well for us. When the time's felt needed, they've uh, branched off into spin-offs and other things. you got next-gen Voyager, Enterprise, and even SGA and SGU. Normally after the second or third spin-off, you can tell that the franchise last breath, but it's grasping its straws to try and find something new to entertain the masses. I don't think there's been too many franchises where we're going to have such a hard reboot, pretty much wiping out 17 years of television. It's going to be a tough pill for fans to swallow. And when you look back at the original movie, it did make its money back, but it wasn't a huge success. And I just wonder, one, the fandom's there to embrace a new movie and support it, or if you're going to have a split in the fans half, refusing to see it because of the directions it's going. Although we are needing more sci-fi on in the movie, so it might work out alright. But again, time will tell, I guess. Once the third movie's completed, if they get that far, I surely hope that after the third, the first one does well enough to get a sequel. So yeah, there me thoughts on the uh, on the news of the reboot. It's like anything, any fandom. You're going to have haters. Sometimes there's a need for change. I don't feel that it is this time, but we're going to get it anyway. There are worse fandoms out there. Hey, I'm a Transformers fan, and look at what I have to deal with at the cinemas at the moment. So I'll talk to you all later when we're back on the Gatecast. Bye-bye. Thanks for that, Brad. I covered it well. And finally, a few thoughts of my own. First off, I would love to see more Stargate SG-1, but that time has passed. At least in the form we got to know well. And even Atlantis has just moved beyond practicality without significant cast changes or additions. And even three years on, Universe has some significant actors well settled in other shows. Which for Stargate is not good, but for the fans it's great to see the people who played our favourite and not so favourite characters doing well. Some still in front of the camera and others making a name behind the camera. Once you accept that the Wright and Glasner and Wright and Cooper creations have come to the end of their journeys due to many factors, then what is next? While MGM and Sci-Fi, the two main bankrolls behind the shows, are doing well, there is still a huge risk funding a fourth TV series. And quite frankly, do you turn the clock back to what was popular a few years back, taking into account the plaudits for modern cutting-edge TV, or try to be contemporary, which the fans didn't really appreciate with the universe? So the cruel fact is that a rebooted, reimagined, or even sequel of sorts for the 1994 theatrical feature, in a movie market when viewed globally almost guarantees your money back, I mean, you don't really drop the ball. Seems a no-brainer. And who else but Devlin and Emmerich to take up the range once again? I totally understand their often stated disinterest in exploring the TV aspect of the franchise, and I think starting with a few of the basic elements of the original movie will be a good place to create a potential trilogy of sci-fi action, mystery and drama features. However, they are saying a lot, and who really thinks Stargate is at the forefront when it comes to, say, a new Independence Day, and another if their first sequel does well? With all the goodwill, if we see a new Stargate feature before 2020, I would be rather surprised. Assuming anything but Star Wars, Marvel and DC have not swept the schedules for years to come. Regardless, 
just as with Star Trek and its theatrical reboots, the original Stargate shows have gone nowhere, so enjoy what we have. There is, after all, plenty of it. Thanks very much, Dan, for sending the voicemail, and we look forward to you guesting on the upcoming Company of Thieves show. If you want to get in touch with us, and we hope you do, then we have a contact form on the gatecast.co.uk website, and our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Google Plus under Gatecast, and on Twitter we are at the Gatecast, which is one word. The podcast is also listed on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio, and we could really do with a few more iTunes ratings and reviews. It's quite embarrassing that podcasts with one episode covering Stargate are listed higher than we are. So if you have a minute, we would appreciate an honest rating and a few words posted on your local iTunes store. Barring that, send us an email, like the one we got from Elisa Mills, which seriously made my day. She found Gatecast via Trekologic, which is a Star Trek podcast, and I found them when they covered Stargate in a special episode of their podcast, Small World, which is why tweets, Facebook, Google+, and other social media is so important to get in the show to the people that may appreciate it. Thanks again to Dan for the voicemail, and Elisa for the email. It really is a joy to know we are producing something which others also enjoy. Okay then folks, that was Flesh and Blood. Next week, Brad will be joining us for No Man's Land. I hope you can join us for that. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. And this is Thomas. Take care everybody, and we'll see you then. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Yeah.